0: stand with us as we go to the word of the Lord in reading Daniel chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 where we're going to take our text from here, amen, and uh, going to read this and then we're going to go back and and look at a couple of specific things that actually kind of bring us to what we're reading about uh, tonight and so we're going to We're going to work our way through uh, some of this and kind of of work backwards uh, from it, if we can, a little bit. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? And here, speaking of the king, Nebuchadnezzar, it says, and he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind, somebody say bind, to bind Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound. Here's this scenario again. They were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now tonight, this story for many of us, it is very familiar in regards to these men and their stand for God and the miracle of what happens in the midst of this fiery furnace. We find that as a result of their disobedience to Nebuchadnezzar and rather their obedience to God... That the king, in his rage and in his fury, you can go and I encourage you just to read through this. Some of so many descriptives and particulars about this story. The Bible said that he was so infuriated that his visage changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He orders that the furnace is heated seven times hotter and in his hurry and in the hurry to heat the furnace the bible says that those that were that were heating the furnace and went to cast the men into the into the fire that they themselves died as a result of the heat of that flame but the bible says they are bound they are tied up fully dressed they had all the right kindling on to have a good burn and we see here as a miracle is going to transpire. Can I say tonight that when we in this life are looking at some fiery furnaces. It really does matter who you are bound to. Hear me. It really does matter who's going in to that fire with you. And we're going to be looking at some of these things. Amen. Can we pray together tonight? Father, I thank you this evening for your faithfulness. I thank you for your mighty hand, for your word. And Lord, I pray you'd bring us clarity. Clarity, I pray, in my thoughts and in the preaching. and Lord, I pray an anointing upon our ears and our hearts to hear and receive. Lord, let your word come alive and speak to us. Help us, Lord, as always, our prayer is that we can leave here different than the way that we've come. We thank you for it, Jesus, and truly we ask these things in your mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated tonight. I want to start by saying that as we look at this, and if you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter number 1. And we're going to be looking at some particular scriptures here out of Daniel 1 and and uh, and how this correlates because I want you to understand this evening is that there are many times that we look at certain instances in Scripture, certain miracles, certain things that transpire and we are all struck by the mighty hand of God. We are all struck by what He does to make a way of prayer is answered, how he moves by his power, how it seemingly he takes the natural things and like one preacher said, God steps in and puts his super on our natural, amen. He puts his extra on our ordinary and we see many times in the word of God these types of events and these types of of miracles and deliverances and mighty things that have transpired. And I want you to understand tonight... That as we look at some of these things, I want you to know is that as God works in these ways, we know that He has His method, His purpose, and His plan in all of these things. But I also want us as the church to understand that there are some things that were happening beforehand that brought about, I believe, all of the right elements for God to move on behalf of His people. Now let me make something very clear. God can work when he wants to, how he wants to, however he wants to, upon whoever he wants to. Can somebody say amen? Can I say tonight that we serve a God that He moves and ministers and works through the uh, unnoticeables. He works through the uh, the, the uh, those who maybe don't have the honorable mentions. Uh, those whose names didn't show up in the paper. The ones who didn't make the all-star team. God likes to use those who are rough around the edges. Thank God for that. Amen. He'll use, uh, uh, he, he's not just looking for the sophisticated and the learned. He's not looking for the most intelligent or the or the most notable, all of those things. But we see over and over in God's word that he works amongst those and amongst people. Sometimes that others would look at and say, oh, that, that's, a, that's a, a, a shady person. I can't believe God would use this one. And and he might look at this, we might look at one group and say, well, I can't believe. God to do this or God to do that Through that person but here's One of the things that I think that we Will find in the word of God And what I want to point our direction To our thoughts to tonight Is though God can Use whoever he wants and He will move in whatever circumstances He wants and how he wants to I want you to understand is that I believe that scripture indicates To us that there Is power in our Partnerships there is power in which in whom we are connected to. There is great importance about those with whom you are walking with, about those that you yoke up with, about those that you are in relationship with those at the who you look to and say I'm going to connect with you and or I'm not going to connect with this one I want you to understand tonight though yes we take personal responsibility though yes there is personal accountability I believe that we must remember is that God is desiring to connect the dots of your life with someone else amen for the greater good and the the purpose of the kingdom of God for things to come into fruition not only in your life but the life of those that you are connected to. I want you to know and remember tonight that you are not an island unto yourself, you are not a commodity that stands alone. You and I, can I tell you this tonight? I hate to burst our bubble, but I will assure you of this the kingdom of God does not rise and fall on Jacob Smith and it does not rise and fall on you. When it comes to only one, I'll tell you at the end of the day, there's only one upon whom all things rest. There's one cornerstone. There's one rock. There's one foundation. There's one head of the church. There's one bishop and shepherd of our soul. There is one only begotten of the Father. There is only (laughs) Yeah. and back to gather his church there's only one that overcame death hell and the grave there's only one that when he walks the keys of those kingdoms jingle in his pocket because God the father hath given him power over all things there's only one who sits at the right hand of power and his name is Jesus Christ hallelujah hallelujah Oh, the eternal one, the rock of ages. Oh, the alpha, the omega. So when we look at the notoriety of one, I can assure you of this. You can hang your hat only upon him. You can put your confidence only upon him. We have a tendency at times that we will look at one person in particular. There are a lot of pulpits that are centered around the personality within them. There are a lot of churches that are centered around an ideology, an, an ideology of as to a, a, a particular train of thought or a particular agenda, whatever the case might be. There are those who tonight are trying, and you might be trying, but can I say that there's struggle when you are of the mindset to say, I'm going to go it alone. You'll come to find in the word of God is that God has not ever called us or challenged us to go it alone but that there are powerful partnerships and there are connections that God has placed in our lives. As a matter of fact, let me just say this tonight. You sitting here in this church, you sitting on these pews, here you are, Wednesday night crowd, for the most part, as far as pastor knows, everybody here born again, walking with God. But I want to say this, is that you did not reach that place of knowing Christ as your Savior on your own you see because there was somebody who introduced you to him and there was somebody who introduced the person who introduced you amen and then the story goes on and on brother Torbert every place of ministry you've ever been every person you ever preached to it did not happen because God raised you up singularly as a man but if you could look through the corridors of your mind there is a chain link of people that every person in one way or another even if you did not tangibly know them but because they touched the life of somebody else who touched you we are here tonight aren't you glad because somebody linked up with somebody else and said we're going to do our part in the kingdom and we are testimonies Of such partnerships tonight. Oh I can assure you. I look through the course of my life. And I look at the people and the places. That God's put together and connected. I'm often all inspired. There are times through conversations and you come to find out, amen, somebody who knows somebody you knew and how, how that story and now interlocks with your story. And I don't know about you, but there's times I sit back and I'm just in awe. And you know what it makes me think, Sister Laura? Lord, I'm so glad you love us so much, amen. I'm so glad you love us so much that you'll put all the pieces together, To make sure that we know who you are. Understand tonight that it is imperative church. I know that it is is pretty much common knowledge. We could talk tonight about the necessity and the need for us to be bound together. And we touch on that. But I want you to understand that outside of a handful of hours throughout the week that you're in this church. There are people all around you. And did you know is that the world, Brother Danny, is trying its best to make a connection to us. The world's trying to make a connection in such a way that we are interconnected to the thoughts, ideas, morality, and practices of the world. I want to tell you, just as much as the Lamb of God is soon to return and take his bride, there is a beast who is making his way and he's wanting to connect. And by way of some of our partnerships, I have seen the lives of people. I have seen churches destroyed. I have seen ministries crumble apart because there was connection with people, connection to situations, an agreement made with somebody who was in disagreement with God's will, in disagreement with God's plan. And it completely unraveled all that God was doing in the life of somebody. Now, if you will allow me, we're going to look at some of the specifics of this. And I know I'm not going to cover it all tonight. That's why we're doing this uh, throughout the month. And so I've got to to pace myself. I feel like I could cover a hundred things right now. But I want you to understand, these three men are getting ready to stand before or to be cast into one of the most terrible situations up to this point of their lives they had ever experienced. They are facing a king, an egotistical king who believes that he is God. He is enraged and he is going to make a public example out of them. But God is going to move in such a way, and I'm not going to get too far into the story, but he's going to move in such a way that Nebuchadnezzar is going to see some things he's never seen before. Nebuchadnezzar is going to make some acknowledgments that he's never acknowledged before. And I want to tell some of us tonight, and I want you to understand that I believe that through the the, the fact and the importance of, of how we partner and how we bind together and who's in this with you, it's going to determine what begins to happen, amen, in the situations that you even face today, in the trials that you're walking through, and some things, Sister Kelly, we stand in front of, and we don't know how it's going to be. And we don't know how it's going to turn out. But I believe that God has some things, amen, for us. And is working on our behalf in such a way if we will recognize the importance of those that we are with. I want you to understand that in no matter what place you are in your life, it is important who is on your team. I want you to know that. It's important who is on your team. It's important in those in whom you trust. Now listen, when it comes to this, there's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of different things there at work. I say that with confidence, number one, as a pastor and you deal with a lot of people, you see there's a whole lot of different personalities. There's a whole lot of different, there's strengths and weaknesses. There's, I mean, just from, I mean, from the pulpit to the back pew, it just, it's all in here. It's all in here. It's in every place of ministry. It's in every church. It's in every family. We use words, proper words, such as the family dynamic, right? Dynamic. Isn't it funny how it it often connotates and from the root word of of dynamite, amen? Because those dynamics can sometimes be explosive. Amen, brother. Some of you say we're still trying to pick up the pieces from Christmas and Thanksgiving. Amen. Oh, there are some things, you know how it is because of the different dynamics that's in your family or amongst your friends. You know you're on your way to the house. You're on your way to get ready for supper. And everybody goes to the checklist. Now, when we sit at the table, we are not going to talk about A, A, B, C, and D. We don't bring it up. Don't mention it. And if it's not a particular topic, then then somebody says, oh, by the way, don't you mention Aunt so-and-so. You talk about Uncle Leroy Because I mean If you mention his name Katie bar the door I mean it's going to be a mess Right Different The the, the dynamics of things It's just uh, I mean sometimes It's just uh, It's just sitting there stewing and brewing And you just never know uh, When it's all going to come up Amen And and, And one of the most interesting things you find Is that Christ sets the example for us Amen And the fact that he was not looking necessarily for perfect partners As a matter of fact There was none who were judged so harshly And there was none who was deemed so unspiritual by the religious of the day, the Sadducees and Pharisees and different ones that was there than his disciples. As a matter of fact, they would use it as a mark against Christ. Well, if he was anything of the Messiah, if he really was the Son of God, there's no way. We, I mean, he would not surely have a disciple who's a tax collector. Nobody likes anybody from the IRS. Nobody likes a tax collector, and those Galileans—they're just a bunch of ignorant fishermen. I mean, what's he going to do with them? And and he's got that old Peter. I mean, Peter—he later on, I mean, he's denying Jesus, cutting off an ear, cussing around campfires. Judas—he's got he's got a, a a sneaky secretary. I mean, the treasurer—he's embezzling money. He's going to betray Jesus. And the thing of it was, Jesus knew it all. He knew it all. But I want you to understand is that Christ also knew this. What did he tell them? He said, these works and greater shall you do. He was preparing that inner circle. He was going to take men who were imperfect... Men who had reputations Men who sometimes could not control themselves Men who sometimes would be an embarrassment Men who I'm sure, Chad God had to have I mean he had to have That's the only hope for us Is that I'm sure there were times, Sister Karen That Jesus walked his way and kind of rolled his eyes or shook his head Oh, surely Jesus didn't do that I, I imagine he did I imagine he did because he had to chide them sometimes, didn't he? Right? He had to get on them sometimes. He had to put out fires. Right? They didn't have cell phones and text messaging then, but they'd just get around him. They'd get mama involved. Which way would you let my boy sit on the right hand and the left hand of you? Would you do that? And he's all the time, happen to stop and say, Hey, God, look, you can't do this, and you can't talk like this, and you can't be great if you're going to act this way. And what you can't pray with me one hour? What, 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 you know what? I mean, there's just all of these things. But here's what Jesus knew is that it was imperative that if the kingdom of God was going to flourish, if that early church was going to be powerful and productive. There had to be a binding together of imperfect people. And isn't it something that sounds like such a dichotomy. But only God and His grace and power can take people who are diabolically different. And bring them together. And bring them together. I want you to know tonight that one of the greatest tools of the enemy. And you better believe he wants to see it at work, even right here at Victory Temple. We've got a great church family, we've got a great body. And I love the fact that there's a genuine family feel. I thank God for that. But I'm going to tell you right now don't you think for one minute that the enemy wants to set back and just let that go. Don't you think for one minute that he wants to bust up partnerships. Because here's what I want you to understand. He doesn't want us bound together. He knows of the power that comes. He knows of what can be accomplished when people are bound together. He understands the power that comes when a church is bound and unified for the purpose of the kingdom. What happens when people can lay aside their differences and they can focus on what the common denominator is? When they can say, I know I didn't grow up on the same house you did, and I didn't have the same parents you did, and we don't make the same money you do, and we might live in a different zip code, and we might, you know, we might uh, dot our T's and cross our I's, and you dot your I's and cross your T's. Amen. But here's what happens. There's something very powerful when there are people. uh, John the Revelator said it best. He said, I looked in that throne room, and in that throne room was every tribe and every tongue and every nation. Whether there was white men and black men and yellow men and red men, and the the list goes on and on and on. But I can assure you this. He said, I saw every one of them around the throne of God. And I want to tell you tonight, the end. Enemy would love for us to focus in on all the differences, on all the politics, on all the prejudices, on all the things that are not right. But I believe that it is time for God's people to realize if we're going to occupy till He comes and do the work of the kingdom and see the miraculous in our church and in our families and our marriages and amongst our children, we've got to get on the same team. We've got to be bound together. We have been washed in the blood. That's a common denominator. Christ is Lord and Savior. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. I want to tell you tonight, is there is power in binding together. Binding together for the cause of the kingdom. For the cause of your family. I want you to understand, there are some tests, trials, and tribulations that you can't go alone. Hear me. There are some places, Brother Gary, God asks you to go alone. Abraham stood there with Isaac, his son, and God said, I want you to go up to that mountain. He left the servants and everybody else and said, we're going to go up there and we're going to worship. Sister Brenda, there are some places that you and I, we've got to go on our own. But I want to tell you is that there are multitude of facets in our lives. And for the course and sake of ministering the kingdom, that God is wanting us to connect and bind together. And say, you can't go this alone. You can't do this on your own. Amen. I want you to understand here just a couple of things. When we look at partnerships in the Word of God, we find proof of this over and over and over again. God and His relationship with Adam, they would walk together, fellowship together in the cool of the day. Even at the first in the beginning, we see the Godhead at work. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost at work in creation. We see it as God spoke As we find that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. John later said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was all things made, and there was not anything made that was not made by Him. So we find there, we find in the plurality of the verbiage, as the Word of God said, Let us make man in our image. We see the partnership of the Godhead. The Word of God said there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Understand that this is a topic that is controversial for many. There are those who try to discredit and undermine the triune Godhead. But it is real and it exists. Amen, Brother Jacob. It is real and it exists. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost working and moving for the purpose of the kingdom upon the hearts and lives of humanity so that man might be born again. Moses and Aaron, Joshua and Caleb, David and Jonathan, Elijah and Elisha, Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, the list goes on and on. There are partnerships that are powerful and life-changing. The word of God tells us and relates to us. God said in Genesis 2 and 18, and the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make an help meet for him. The word of God reminds us Solomon said that two are better than one, and three are a, are a strong cord, a threefold cord that cannot be easily broken. said, If one falls, Brother Chad, Who would be there to pick him up again? If one was laying in the cold, and I'm paraphrasing, said who would be there to keep him warm except the heat that would come from another person? In other words, he's saying there's got to be partnership because there's times we're going to fall. There's times we're out in the cold. There's times we're in the midst of a struggle, and we need somebody with us. I want you to understand what happens, and the Bible gives us a glimpse about the power of such partnerships. Genesis 11, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, and I'm just going to go through this fairly quickly. Listen to this. The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, let's make brick and burn them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and slime for mortar. And they said, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Listen to this. This is very interesting. And the Lord God came down. He came down to see the city and the tower. Now, you will come to learn that this was called the Tower of Babel. God came down because, Sister Gloria, he understood the power of partnership. The power of people binding together one language, one speech. They had one goal. Build a city, build a tower. And it says this. He came to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people are one. Listen to this. They all have one language. And this they begin to do. This is God speaking. And now nothing will be restrained unto them. Which they have imagined to do. God looked at this and said, going to have to do something. They are one people, one language. They have a common goal. And God himself said what they have imagined to do and what they have put their hand to do, they will do it. And so God scattered them as confused them and confounded them with different languages. And then they were scattered. As a matter of fact, Brother Torbert, that's what their fear was. That they would be scattered abroad. And not able to accomplish. And so you can't tell me right then and there. That that the word of God does not admonish the fact and take credence to the fact of the power. When you get people connected together. And what can be accomplished. What can be accomplished? When we look at this, I want you to understand that as in regards to, to these agreements, if I may, for just a few more minutes, I'm going to let you go. I want you to understand, if you go to Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 1, I want to read to you a little bit of introduction before the miracle that's going to transpire at the fiery furnace. I want you to understand what is happening here with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and also Daniel. I want you to understand a couple of things. I want you to notice and recognize, just like when we just read the example here at the Tower of Babel, we find that they are bound by a purpose. They are bound by a purpose. The Word of God says here in Daniel chapter number 1, verses 3 through 8, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, of the king's seed, the princes, children in whom was no blemish, well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these, listen to this, were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. He gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, Azariah, Abednego. I want you to look at verse number 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Brother Tobin, what happens here is the stage is being set. These young men were already set apart by way of their knowledge, by way of their skill, by way of their education. Brother Chad, the king brought in the best and the brightest. And he's, in essence, his thought is, I'm going to make them even better. The word of God tells us what you have to understand is the king's meat and wine. These were things that were against the ceremonial dietary laws of the Jews. Not only was it against their dietary law, but it was meat and wine that was offered to false gods, to idols. And we find that Daniel, the word of God says, brother Chad, that Daniel purposed in his heart. He said, I am going to make a purpose that I am not going to defile myself with the king's meat, with his wine. Now I want to to mention just a couple of things here. I want you to understand is that these boys are believed to be anywhere from the ages 14, 16, 17, somewhere in that vicinity. They are away from their home. Brother Coleman, they are away from their synagogue. They are away from their rabbis. They are away from their parents. If you will, it is an opportunity for these Hebrew boys to go absolutely wild. To enjoy the delicacies or the perceived pleasures of Babylon. To enjoy the perceived things laid before them. Anything they could get their hand on. And as a matter of fact, the Bible only says that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego asked to partake of this particular diet and not to partake of the food of the king and so that tells me sister Linda that there were other boys who knew better there were other boys who had known what God's promises and policies were there were others they knew what their parents would think but they did not care they were there and they thought well I get to live once some may be out of fear some may be out of whatever but there was nobody there to govern them but Daniel I I love this because they were bound by a purpose that they were going to honor God. Can I tell you tonight church you would say brother Jacob this sounds more like something for the young people but no I'm telling you because I have seen too many adults I have seen too many young adults I have seen too many that try to link up with people and with one part of their heart they want to honor God and do God's will but with the other part of their heart. They get all wrapped up in fleshly desires and pleasures and think they can make agreements with other people and still think they can serve God and do the will of God and make a difference in the kingdom. I pray that God would shake us and wake us up one more time that we would say, I'm going to link up. I'm going to partner Who are willing to be set apart For God's holy purpose And God's holy work Oh, but Brother Jacob, it's not that easy Well, truthfully it is Truthfully it is a matter of making up your mind Come on here Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Did not have to go to bed ashamed of who they were They did not have to go to bed, Sister Heather, with a guilty conscience. They could hold up their head. They could be proud of who they were. Not in arrogancy, but because, Brother Gary, they were living according to God's holy ordinance. Can I tell you tonight, friends, is that there's plenty of opportunity when Sunday is done... And you go to work on Monday, Brother Chad, you've got all kinds of opportunity to think, look, talk, act like that world. But it's gonna take a man of purpose, a man who is set for excellence, to say, I am not gonna be like this world. I am not gonna be and connect myself to people, places, or things that would pull me. I wish somebody would hear what I'm preaching tonight. Because I want you to understand, we all day long want to walk through the fires. And we all day long want to say there was no smell of smoke. All day long we want to say, oh, did you see the fourth man in the fire? But before the miracle of the furnace, the first miracle started. When these young men made a pact, made a covenant, made a commitment. And said, I'm going to be what God has called me to be. Hear me, men. Hear me, ladies, don't fall into the trap that you can be Jekyll and Hyde. Don't fall into the trap that you can serve God and mammon. Because I want to tell you, you will love one and hate the other. You'll cling to one and you'll despise the other. I don't care how strong you think you are. I don't care how brave you think you are. I don't care how many times you think you're going to save somebody, you're going to heal somebody, you're going to turn somebody. I'm going to tell you right now is that you'd better not step into such waters until you know you're strong and the Lord full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word of God. And, and by all means, that you've got some people with you who's on your team. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they changed the heart of a king and began to change the heart of a nation only when they were bound together. Amen, Brother Jake. Preach on. Okay, I think I will. Hear me tonight. Brother Jacob, you're you're preaching to mid-20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and so on. You're old in here and we're past that. We, that ain't a problem with us. Let me just tell you something. Peer pressure and yielding to the ideas of this world did not stop when I got out of high school. As a matter of fact, it intensified, Brother Chad. It intensified. And we, can I say this as loving as I can, Brother Danny, you better come and rescue me. Amen. to Carolyn, I'm bringing her to a close right now. Let me say this, is that too many times, even we sitting here on church pews, there's been too much compromise. There's been too much lingering, looking, interacting, thinking, well, we can, and well, we can't. You know what's amazing to me? I might as well say it because it's all over social media right now. So I'm already in hot water. I'm just going to just dive right on in. We've got all these Christians all up in arms about this performance that happened at the Grammys. I don't watch it. I've seen the social media posts, apparently there were artists and, it's, and they had you know homage and the scene set up like it was hell and like it was devil and demons and all this kind of stuff. And, here, and here's the thing, I understand people being an uproar, but let me just say this, that's what they do. Why are we so surprised, Sister T? And you know, and you know what else gets me, Sister Brenda? Is how many Christians are watching that mess in order to comment about it? I don't understand it. I've been grieved as I'm looking to think to myself, well, and, and, and some of them only know because of social media, but some of them know because. They're still watching the mess. Some of them still still think that you can Beyonce on Monday and your Gaither vocal band on Sunday. Yeah, you laugh all you want. I know it's the truth. It's the truth. And so that's what I'm saying. What are we linking up with? What are, what are we linking up with? Well, I've got to see that. I've got to watch that because i got kids. i got... No. No, you don't. Be careful. Did you know, ladies, conversations around the workplace, they can go south fast. Men, you know good and well it can. Watch yourself. These men, I only got to point number one. So we've got a lot of space and time later on. Don't get nervous. I'm not talking about tonight. But what I'm saying is, we can walk around here all day long and talk about we want moves of God and we want His power and we want revival. And thank God, I appreciate the way that He moved. I thank God, amen, that we can feel His presence here. But I'm going to tell you, if we're going to keep it and if we're going to see greater, we're going to have to watch who we are bound to. Watch it. I'm not telling you to be a jerk. To people in your life who don't know God. I'm not telling you to be a self, self-righteous, arrogant. I'm not telling you to be hateful. I'm not asking you that. And I can say with confidence as the reasons why is because Jesus was none of those things. But he still dealt with folks. He sure did. He still loved on folks. He loved on people so controversial that the religious people got totally lost their minds. But there is a difference in loving on somebody, winning somebody for the Lord, being an example to them and not partnering up and linking up. Hear me, hear me. I hear teenagers say it all the time, well I'm going to win him, I'm going to win her. And we adults scoff and say, well, yeah, that's teenager stuff. No, it's adults too. It's adults too. I'm going to ask you, are you linking up? Are you partners with people who have the purpose? Those young men, they set themselves aside. And I ran out of time. We'll pick up on some more next week. But they set themselves apart. And Brother Coleman, they had a singular purpose. They wanted to honor God. If we will honor God, I promise you, I promise you, Sister Dina, we will see God's best. We will see His best. Can we bow our heads tonight? Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. And I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, you've bestowed upon us. I'm thankful for your word. Lord, I pray, challenge our hearts tonight. Deal with us, O oh God. Oh, I pray help us, Lord. If we can understand, understand first of all, we're not in this thing alone. You, you have desired. You've put people around us. There are this church family exists for the purpose of the kingdom of God growing and flourishing and touching lives in this world that they might come to know you. And Lord, I pray you would help us, help us, Lord, that we are careful and that we are cautious, that we're prayerful and we're considerate. Lord, an understanding that the greatest miracles and some of the greatest trials will stand up against. We can't go it alone and we're not going to see the miraculous alone, but we have to bind together, be bound together with the people, Lord, that have the same cause, the same purpose, the same heart. I pray you challenge us with that tonight. Challenge us if we're wavering. Challenge us if we're struggling. Challenge us, Lord, if we're teetering. Challenge us, Lord, if we've been tempted. Challenge us and deal with this. Convict us, oh God, if we've, if we've abandoned some things that had us set apart. Sacred. Meet for the master's use. Tonight, church... If your heart would say, Lord, I want to be sure that my heart, my mind is in a place where I understand that you have called me, saved me, cleansed me, washed me, set me aside for a purpose. Help me to understand that first. And Lord, help me in my connections, my friendships, my relationships. Bind me together with the family of God. Bind me together with those who have the same purpose of heart, to see the kingdom of God fulfilled. If that's our hearts tonight, can we come and find ourselves a place to pray? Can we come tonight and find ourselves a place to seek the Lord? Oh, would you allow the Holy Ghost to challenge us tonight? Would you allow Him to deal with us tonight? Oh, Lord, I want to walk in excellence, and Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I want to serve you, and I realize your hand is upon my life your hands upon my life you saved me you've called me you filled me with your spirit you've delivered me and lord help me help me that my mind is made up lord i don't teeter i don't waver. i don't i'm not tossed to and fro but god help me to be help me to be what should have me to be And help me to realize I'm going to make it. I'm going to see the miraculous. I'm going to see your hand at work as I am bound together with those. With those, Lord. Oh, of like precious faith. With the same purpose, the same goal. A mind made up, a heart of consecration.